What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, the podcast that asks, why are there so many reboots, remakes, sequels, and adaptations? Are these stories still relatable? Is it a cash grab? Is it maybe a little bit of both? Because don't we love a good moral that also is a box office success? Um, and why the story was originally relatable at the time it came out. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this week we are on the, what would that be? The ninth Rocky slash Creed movie. This is an interesting one because yeah. I don't know how much we can just be like, it's Creed and not Creed and not right. acknowledge that there were all of these other movies before. <laughs> right. Uh, it is also, I think one thing we'll talk about is how successful it is at the requel legacy, passing the torch story and why seemingly nobody else could pull it off as well. Uh, what we thought about the movie and why this franchise keeps being relatable and why when you look up why it's relatable, apparently most people claim it's the American dream, which I don't think is correct. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow that got in there. After all, they did stop the Cold War in Rocky Four. True. That and the rights to Tetris stopped the nuclear <laughs> arms race we are safe now we got tetris we beat drago it all worked the out yeah. but we're not here to talk about incorrect accusations of the <laughs> 80s we're here to talk about creed 3 uh terrence what did you think of the movie uh yeah so i, I look forward to these movies i loved one i i i loved two i think this is one of those times where i'm sitting there like oh, i can't wait to get more and more of this and when i heard michael b jordan was directing i'm like oh that should be interesting because uh, I know how most, like, three of the films of uh, the original Rocky were done by Stallone. I, maybe three. I know two. And two of those are two, my favorite. Two, three, and I think and after Balboa. that, it's all him. Yeah. Balboa, yeah. And I'm like, oh, those are some of my favorite of those. So it's always kind of cool to see that happen. Look, Jonathan Majors is on fire right now. And so having him as the the the, the big bad or the villain piqued my interest. And I walked out of this just thoroughly enjoyed. Like, this was a good film from top to bottom. Um, it didn't overstay its welcome and knew what it was doing, got in and got out, gave me some good fight scenes. And what really surprised me, there's a lot of dramatic, emotional moments here um, that all hit from with Creed and his mom to Creed and and and, and uh, Jonathan Majors. Like all Damon Creed have so many moments that it's just like, oh, this is good. And when I walked out of this, even more so than the first two, and I still think Creed Creed One's the best. But out of the, all of them, this is the first time where I was sitting there like, ah, this feels one hundred percent a Creed movie. Like Rocky, his essence is here, but you don't. This is his film. This feels like a black movie, which I know sounds weird, but this movie opens with the Watcher. Like you have Doctor Dre Blair. Like it, the whole soundtrack, everything about this feels like, hey, we have broken off from that legacy, and now we're kind of doing our own, molding our own thing, and it just knocks it out of the park for me. Um, to the point, and we'll talk about how Dane is one of those villains, which I don't think any other than Apollo Creed in the first couple, you don't really have a villain that you also care for. And somehow this manages to nail that. And so if you're sitting here like, yeah, I'm rooting for Creed. I don't want Dane to take an L either. And that's a hard, sort of hard thing to get to. Um, and they nail it. Yeah, they really took all of the things from Black Panther 1 and pushed him into a Creed movie. And I don't say that sarcastically or cynically. It works shockingly well because yeah. i think it's interesting because there is that same parallel of something happened before and it's come back around and oh we didn't know and you ran or your dad did this or this happened and we all love killmonger and we all love dane and they are characters that are you get it 
And I think I think where Dane is different is obviously it's not a superhero movie. So he had no point is like, I have things that are relatable, but also would like to destroy the planet <laughs> or like really Dane's biggest problem in the movie is that he's does not not trained properly. And like unfortunately, a, the biggest thing for Dane is that time sort of was taken away from him and his goal is still the same. Like when he went into prison. His goal was to like, I want to be champion. I want to have a fight on Africa. And that goal didn't change at all while he was in jail. He still wanted that. So when he came out, he still wanted that. But the problem is the guy who was under him, his best friend, his, his buddy, his brother has the life that he wants or he wanted. And that's, that's a hard pill to swallow, especially when some of the issues, the reason why you're in that predicament is because of because of him. I will say, like they do a good job of making that point. I was like, I, you didn't need to pull the gun though. <laughs> like, there's always that one thing when they're like, and then you did this to me, and it's like, yeah, but you did escalate the situation. Stupid punch. <laughs> like, you know, it's like Star Wars, and Anakin's like, you know, I think the Jedi had some bad ideas, and Obi Wan's like, right, but then you killed all of then them. You murdered them. <laughs> like, you gotta understand, you might have had some points, but then you killed children. You see where the where the yeah. line is. Um, but yeah, he's incredible. It is truly his year, his summer, his world. It's his and Florence Pugh's world. And we're just all living, living in it. And yeah. I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, you're right. The directing in this is great. We'll get more and more into it as we kind of go on. Because he does a lot of innovative things for this genre. And it makes me really want to see what else he can do. And also what else we can like take from anime influences and put in movies because between mm -hmm. this and nope i'm just like yes do all of the give me my giant final fantasy type monsters and weird bars and boxing rounds and giant sweat splashing off of people yeah. like dragon ball z do all of it give it all to me now uh how we can't adapt animes into live action now is a different it's still, yeah it's, still, it's strange that that know how we haven't crossed that bridge we haven't correlated that but <laughs> whatever uh, I'm here for that, but everything else in this story, I really enjoyed like Tessa Thompson's agency. I loved the, his relationship with his daughter was it's great. So great. You yeah. started, you started getting into some almost like Bruce Lee karate, like not Bruce Lee, but like karate kid. And yeah, Bruce Lee philosophy of like, we're going to learn how to do this. So we don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. Like we, we, you know, I love the scene. She just, <laughs> I loved it. And I understand there was a lesson and I shouldn't have agreed with Michael B. Jordan, but uh, small spoilers. There is a scene where a bully takes his daughter's painting and tears it in half. And she just decks that girl in the face. Yeah. And I immediately was like, yep. Fuck around yeah. to find out. And then they come around <laughs> to school and Tessa, and Tessa's very much like, hey, we shouldn't have done this. And <laughs> Creed's like, maybe no. Sometimes you got to hit somebody. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I do, I do love those moments in a lot of like school scenes where the parent is like, yeah, great. You're right. My daughter did something wrong. Would you like to explain to me though, why that one is bullying her? Correct. Like you're not wrong and we'll deal with that. But I would like to know all of these things. Like, yeah, I get my kid being in, in, in this principal's office. Why is that one still allowed to go do whatever the hell they want to do? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I absolutely love that. And then I love the scene with it later. I've watched all your fights. Show me something new. What else are we doing? And then you get into the like, it's not about punching. It's about discipline and speed mm -hmm. and this. I was like, oh, we're really getting into the philosophy of the fighting, which is always, to me, way more interesting than the fighting itself. When you really get into the nuts and 
bolts of it. Especially when you have a daughter who idolizes her dad. Like she loves her dad. She's watching, she studies everything. And then he's like, okay, yes, you learned, you've, you've, you've watched my tapes, but you haven't really learned from me as to what exactly goes into all of this. So let me give you a little bit of, of why I'm there because your first reaction won't always be to punch if you kind of just listen to why I do things or why we do things this sort of, it's the, the way we do. Yeah, I think it's a, it showed a lot more of a human side of him that I think it would have been really easy to just take this and go, Apollo's at the top. He has everything he needs, fame, money, this insane house in the hills that overlooks all of Los Angeles and just kind of like made him cocky. We could have put him in that position really easily. And instead of doing that, we sort of show all these other sides of him quickly. We show the grief and regret of what he did to Dame. We show him and his daughter. We show him and his wife, um, all of these like deeper moments that really round him out as a character and help motivate the fights. Cause in all of these boxing movies, all these Rocky movies, you have to care about these matchups. Otherwise you're just watching feats of strength happen, which my God, does this movie have some Incredibles type training in it when he's dragging that plane and we just cut to Jonathan Majors, one just, arm on each rope going yeah, up that thing. Seven, like he's Spider-Man. No more. Now he's got this rope. I, like, what in God's name is happening? <laughs> I just, I, it, it's baffling to, yeah. to even see on film. And you know, they did, you know, I'm sure there's some help or something or whatever. If I was paid a million dollars to look like that, I could probably do it, but it doesn't mean it's easy. And it no. doesn't mean it's not awesome to watch. He is in a physical specimen. In this, yeah. In this movie. yeah. And it's, it's, it's wild. They pulled off like the third Creed movie. There is no Rocky. We don't even mention him and you don't really miss him. No, I think like the one thing I maybe liked the least because it, it didn't really connect with the rest of Dame's arc that well was him like paying the guy to break Drago's hand. It's also a thing that sort of just we leave. We leave. Because like I, I get it. It's the impetus of why uh, uh, Donnie goes to talk to Dame. But there's a criminal out there that we know, like, I feel like we should do something about him. So it's like, that's the one thing out of this entire film that I was sitting there like, ah. but when I think about it, that doesn't mean much to the main story. Like, yes, he's not going to drop a dime on Dame because he doesn't want to get him back and jammed up. So he's not going to put, he's not going to be like, hey, Dame did this. And then he has to go back to prison. He's just not going to do that. That's not the code that they they, they, they kind of have. So I get why we didn't go, go down that path, but it just does feel steam for most audience to be like, wait, we're just going to let that dude that do rock it yeah and it's less about like dame getting in trouble and more like well this guy just like breaks this dude's hand and runs away right. like we just we just eye tanya this guy right. and, and, and run off yeah right. like right. it's and it's only used for the scene with his mom to be mm -hmm. like he used to have your back but like here's photographic evidence that he <laughs> did this he's, he's not, yeah uh and then yeah we don't we never call it out. We mm -hmm. never, and a part of me is also like, you know what, Drago's dad did kill Apollo Creed, so maybe there is a little bit of like screw him. Yeah. Um, which I guess I misspoke. We do mention Rocky when he we get into the like, you know, Apollo took a chance on Rocky. You should take a chance on me. It's it's so weird. We never say his name. We do allude to him, but we never actually. And I think say you see his Rocky photo name. of him in the shorts. Yeah. That's the yeah. like, if Apollo could take his chance on that. Why can't you take it? Which is funny because it it reframes the movie all the franchise really in a unique way that it's almost always been about Apollo and we're and just that, watching it through Rocky's Rocky eyes brought you exactly in like a 
like Rocky brought he brought Rocky up, but we've seen it through Rocky's kind of existence from yeah. Because it would have been Creed back, it sort of refocuses back to Creed. But I mean, like you know, Apollo Creed would have been a boring movie if we had just watched this famous boxer be like, "Find me a stupid man in the in Philadelphia to fight." There's <laughs> yeah. no one worthy Give of me. me. Yeah, I'm the greatest. No one can stop. No, me. I don't think that would have been the best picture winner. That... No, it would not have been. No. Uh, as much as I would have loved that point of view, you know, before <laughs> Apollo Creed introduced us to internet culture in the second one, when he's just reading death threats for having a fake fight and yeah. just showing us what Twitter would be like 20 years <laughs> later. Uh, I do, uh, it's, it's interesting because we, we the, the fights in this and there's not many, which I think is always the best. I think when they kind of space out their fights and it's not over and, and uh, stuffed with boxing all the time, it makes the ones when they do have them feel that much that heavier um and so the main one that we had we get to see the retirement of him going off into the sunset but the main fight in this is the dame versus um adonis fight at the very end and it, and it builds up all the drama that we have build up to it and it feels intense now i do have a it's funny because I, I go back and forth and I, I don't know where i stand part of me feels like they it feels a little rushed feels a little shortened because um we go see one first round second round and then we kind of go the the way the 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 choice to kind of dramatic effect um pull out and take out the audience and make it just about them which i get from a sense of like hey they're in this so much they're just seeing each other they're just they're not even hearing the audience it's all about them so all those rounds for them do go by that quickly but for us as an audience it feels a little quick that we kind of get from a to b to kind of get to the end of it but What's crazy is I really dug that dropping out the sound, dropping out the audience and kind of like having these effects going on. And like, I know I've heard Michael B. Jordan say, hey, like, I, I'm an anime fan, so I heavy anime influence and it worked. Like, it was weird at first. And then I was like, wait, this is kind of cool because we've seen, we've seen nine of these films. So give me something a little different. Yeah, I completely agree. They did a great job of one, just putting it in Dodger Stadium. I don't think we've ever... We're always in an enclosed arena, I think, unless we're in the street in five. Right. Um, So it was cool to see that, especially when like you live in L.A. I part of me was like, yeah, it's like a real event. This is awesome. Uh, I was starting to like cheer and get into it. Our audience was not having it at the Burbank 16. (laughs) Um, And yeah, this anime influence, you've got these shots of them hitting each other at the same time, the bars behind them, and it really does a great job of making the fight seem way more emotional and heady for him. Like it it feels ethereal and it just visually is so different from anything else we've seen. So I really dug that. It really kind of brought me back to, to Nope where he was, we had the same thing of like, Oh, there's a lot of anime influence in this. Mm -hmm. And then you do have this Akira bike slide and this giant creature changing in the sky. And I was like, yes, I want more directors to tell me this is what we're doing now. Because yeah, I will be excited about that. Even something as simple as like in the corners of them being older, Damon and Adani, and then they just flash a little bit and see the younger version when they were when all of this sort of started. Was, oh, that's that's some great work. Happening oh right yeah, there. there was there was a lot. He really, uh, no pun intended, came out swinging for his directorial <laughs> debut. Yeah. That was took he took a risk and he nailed it because you could have just shot this like we've shot all of them and it would have worked, right? Because like it 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 works. Yeah. Um. But this was just such a cool way to do it and, and innovative and really brought you into his headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's interesting because we are now so long in this. So I think the question really becomes for our little podcast, why have these movies continued to be relatable? We're now on, what was it? Five and then Balboa, three creeds. This is the ninth Nine. one. Yeah. It's also the only, I'm going to misspeak maybe, the longest, oldest American franchise I can think of that doesn't have a book, a comic, a TV show, anything adapted from it. This is just Rocky, just Stallone's writing mm-hmm. from 76 to 2023. Every single one of these movies has made a profit, which, you know, they're not that expensive, but not only have they made a profit, they've made a batshit insane amount of money. Yeah, they usually go about three times their, 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 their budget. Yeah. And I'm sure people are like Fast and the Furious is also an original. That doesn't have Oscars, though. <laughs> like, very the, true. I can't think of another franchise that's lasted this long with this many movies that people that keep has, showing up for. And has prestige. like And the Academy's behind right, it. Right. And has prestige behind it. Yeah. I can't, I can't either. Like, that's the only, like, I think, obviously, your horror franchises, and I, I could probably count those up, but those don't, they're also, they're very cheap to make, but they don't get prestige. I would maybe put Halloween in the same boat because right. they get they get their prestige in a different area. So I, yeah. I it would be incorrect of me not to acknowledge. You're right. Horror, probably. Yeah. Halloween, Texas Chainsaw. Correct. So um, at least Halloween because that was around the same time. Right. And Scream is catching up <laughs> number wise. But like, yeah. So original properties, those are kind of that. That's a different ballgame. But as far as not, if you're not in the horror space, I do think that, that you're not going to get many things outside of this rock this rocky tree thing is sort of a phenomenon it's if i never thought about it so my roommate had pointed out and i was like oh yeah when you get out of horror this really is like because mission impossible is a tv show right every comic book thing we like is a comic book video games bond is a book book. the godfather is a book Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that we love are are books or plays or, or something else first. So it's wild. So what what do you what do you think it is? Why in 1976 were people cheering and screaming and losing their minds? And then we <laughs> built a statue and then we showed the statue reveal in three. Yeah, that is a real life statue in real life. And feel it's insane. Um, a lot of it is the everyman. I think a lot of people have attached to this everyman sort of notion of Rocky and saying, hey, this guy who was kind of like this lovable meathead, if you will, at that point in time, who, at, and especially in the first one, you spend time like, hey, he wants, he's just chasing after the girl. He just wants to love this girl. And he's got a, a guy that he's coming up out of nowhere. Nobody believes him. He's like, oh, what is this? Everybody sort of roots for that guy who's like, he is the person that no one would believe can, can get this done. And then he does it. And you're kind of like, oh, well, I'm locked in. And then from that point on, you just build on that. Like the first two are very dramatic films. You got the whole Apollo and him sort of build their relationship in that. And then it subsequently gets Didn't we and fast weirder. the furious it? And <laughs> yeah, it gets it great. Gets, it gets weirder and weirder. Like Mr. T's here. And then there's a Russian and a robot. And like, okay, sure. But you build enough cachet with the audience for those first two films where you're kind of like, I'm, I'm invested. So now you can get a little bit weirder. You can get a little bit wilder. I'm in it. And you sort of scale it back down with Balboa and then you pass it off to Creed. And I think this one works because now you're starting to uh, get people of color in it. And so you, you're still getting that every man, but now you're getting people of color. Like there's a lot of black and Hispanic folks that are built into this, this, this film as a whole. And so it then starts like giving them that, those sports franchises. Cause for a lot of the time, these sports franchises were very dependent on just uh, Caucasians. And so now you kind of like, all right, here's your chance to kind of take this and take this ball and run it. And I think that's what's happening. And, and 
you can tell by the, by the way the box office and the audience is each time these creeds get more and more fans as they go along creed one creed two like it, it's it's it, there's something ismic about just watching this go on it's interesting because you're right there's also you know the underdog story each one does have a theme of like somebody has to rise up and usually it means rocky has to do it again like even three in a weird way we invert that of like well you are the old underdog i've been i've been stacking the fight so you win right they all take a beat to have these dramatic scenes whether it's like that one in Rocky three, the first half of Rocky one and two, Apollo's death and four, right. him and his son and Balboa. I don't know that there's one in five. And then Creed, Creed two and Creed three are full of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you get this blend and I don't know, it sounds silly, but like there's just, for whatever reason, we love wrestling and boxing. <laughs> like, And I think, I think it's also one of those things of like, not only that there's a big climax and you get a big hero and you get a real easy, like good versus evil and this versus this. And it might not always be good versus evil. Like the, like Apollo's not evil. Right. It isn't really good versus evil until it's Drago and Rocky. But it is like a little bit to the, to the wrestling point. It is, I'm rooting for, this is the person that I'm behind and this is the person that I'm behind. You kind of, and you, you have that and you don't, there's not many movies that sort of invoke that feeling. And so you're in there, you're watching a sports run, you're like you're rooting for this. And like, yeah, for the most part, you know how these are going to end um, outside of- like, Well, I don't know that you do because the first one, first he lost. He took that out. And that's I think true. that's part of it too, that like the right. franchise is built on inverting your expectation of the sport movie and the underdog story and going, oh, he's going to lose, mm-hmm. but it's going to be close. <laughs> right. And it's going to be close enough that, that we can do a sequel where he needs to come back and win. Right. And then we can just You're do whatever we want. Yeah. Cause I really thought, and maybe I'm misremembering, but like Creed wins and Creed won. And for a while I was like, he's going to lose. We're going to do Rocky one again. And Creed, you know, in Creed one, he, he loses. He, um, yeah, he does. So yeah, we loses. do. It's a, it's a close fight. It comes, I feel like it comes down to decision, but he, he, he loses by a decision um it's a split decision he loses that one but he gets the respect because the fighter comes over to him and is like hey yo i was i wasn't taking you serious i wasn't this but you you don't want to watch it, uh, it's good you're here for the future and then subsequently i think in the second one they immediately have him winning at the very beginning and he yeah goes. we just cut yeah then we go and then it becomes yeah. the revenge story right. and drago and then then we're here and it's retirement and this and correct they always do a good job of finding a personal reason for somebody to fight. I think mm-hmm. really the only one that isn't is Clubber Lang, but we make that personal by having it be that Paulie's been not Faking, been stacking like, him against. Been, yeah. yeah. So we, we find a way to do that too. And I, I think there's so much in that that stays relevant today. Like I think it's, it's sometimes we look for like, well, what's going on in the culture and society mm-hmm. and politically. And I think this is a movie that, removes itself from that outside of the cold war one like at this this wasn't a covid movie there weren't a lot of politics in this movie this was like you took my dream and you're living my life and i'm gonna i i just want my shot i just yeah and there's something so tangible about that too like when he says that at the end he's like i don't really mind that i lost i wanted a shot you gave it to me I also forgive you for what happened when we were kids. Like, I think everyone right. has that self-forgiveness getting better and they just want the shot. Everyone and in even, it. And even in that, he's like, look, this wasn't on you. We were kids. Like, I, 
you can't take this on your on your shoulders. I was like, there's a lot of good just beats in this that are kind of like, ah, I, this can relate. Everybody can relate to some aspect of this film. They're also very unique and set themselves apart from other boxing movies and sports movies. And I'll even just say movies about men in that, like, they take masculinity very differently. Like, there's not really any, like, maybe the villains, but, like, Rocky never gets, like, toxically masculine. Like, most boxing movies I can think of outside of this are like the guy needs to get whooped a bunch of times mm -hmm. and he's going to be arrogant and mean and I already think and I'm great there's probably abusive to some type of spouse that he has or somebody whoever he's dating with there uh, is very rarely any ego in these movies coming I from mean, the protagonist a lot of a lot of it is like it, it's smart to put Adonis one with a wife but two you give him a daughter which automatically softens him up like just even the sequence at the very beginning when you see him come in and he's doing tea time with his daughter like oh yeah no this is this is he is a dad now he's just a regular old dad doing like i'm gonna dress up and drink some tea with my daughter that's a special moment it's, it's such a small moment but it does make him uh less of the like the super meathead toxic guy that you now i will say the full black and white photo of yourself hanging next to your kitchen maybe we can tone that down much. Maybe I was like, much. I get it. Here's all your belts and victories and photos. And then there's just this giant like Nike ad. And I was like, okay, I think <laughs> if I was Tessa Thompson, this is where I would have been like, I don't think we're doing this. We can take this down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's nothing here about our wedding or our relationship so or our daughter. Bianca is also famous. So she doesn't have like her album covers all of them. Nope. Nope. <laughs> there's no, just him. Just his little pocket of me. <laughs> like all designed specifically to pour a glass of whiskey so Dave could be like, check all this out. Look at this. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think it, that just keeps its relatability. And I think, you know, we we like sports. I think people like sports stories and they do a good job of honing in on that dumb part of our brains that's just like, look how hard they worked and look at the strength and they're rising and working because they always have the montage. We always have to get ready and play Eye of the Tiger. Right. I think it also helps to, because uh, the kind of like the underdog was more so of a Rocky's thing, but what helps the underdog of Adonis is that he also wasn't wanted by his father. Like he was kind of discarded. He was put in the foster system. Like that's all stuff where you're like, ah, we want this kid to win. And that's I mean, part yeah. of what galvanizes the audience behind him. When his mom's dying and she's doing like, I was so mad at you when you left. It's like, oh my oh, God. God. Yeah. Because you <laughs> sort of forget that by the third one where you, because you, Apollo's awesome in the right. movies. Like he's and... never seems like he's that guy. And then you get here and it's like, oh, oh no. Oh, oh he did some dirt. <laughs> right? Like, oh no. And like Donis has treated like he's always called her mom, has always called her mom. So yeah, until... You sort of get hit with that. And you're like, oh crap, that's right. She did find him at the like being in from the foster camp. She just went and got her husband's out of wedlock child that has nothing to do with me, and like and raised him. She's like, and this gave me this gave me my point to forgive you. I was like, oh god, this oh no, <laughs> this is hard. This is rough. <laughs> I think that's all. I mean, we said it earlier, but it's like that's also what sets these movies out from so many other huge franchises. They they stop it, it's the characters first these are mm -hmm. very rarely do these feel like boxing or sports movies these these are romance movies and character dramas and character studies and this and then there happens to be a really cool awesome fight right. at the end right um which you know 
is very reminiscent of even old like enter the dragon has stuff like that old martial art movies would take those pauses and have these moments and then go for it the karate kids are based on that that whole set like you're a drama and you have the big action sequence that that's that's what that's the formula that's what makes this work what does it good or when you do the good spots is what changes you from being creeds and versus being like and they always i think when you look at other like reboots remakes requels whatever you want to call them yeah uh this is one that always respects everything before it. Very mm -hmm. rarely are we pulling like a Superman Returns and be like, well, three and four, don't worry about three and four. Yeah. Don't worry about any of them before it. We're, we're never doing a Halloween like, okay, well, we're going to take the first one and we're going to cut these other these ones. Da, 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 da. And they're, they're never really winking at the camera. They're like, everything's handled with respect. Even the yeah. like worst moments of the franchise are still like well no but we were doing something here they built this because most people consider four to be the one where this series starts kind of going off off the rails a little bit but the whole part of that is like apollo is killed in that they built that entire franchise is built on that serious moment so yes even the hokey one we're going to take and we're going to take it all the stuff that is a it, reference of that film and we're going to use that here i get why four is hokey because it is <laughs> <laughs> But it's amazing to me that that's the one where we kill Apollo because it sounds like that would be the most like insane one. Yeah. Because even three is goofy. We open three. He's fighting Hulk Hogan and the magic. Hey, man, that's we'll right. we'll just do a few light taps. Yeah. We won't really go through hard. You know, this guy's yeah. a giant. Like he's <laughs> he's so like even two and three. Like Rocky's always a little goofy when he's not in the yeah. ring. When he's like walking around with Adrian, he's like, oh, "What do you think, Adrian? You know, I I was thinking I'm I go make a few jokes. You'd laugh he's at my big, jokes. We'd go to sleep. He's a big meathead, but you love him. He's a lovable meathead. But like four is the one where the, all, the movie starts going that way with him and you're like wait wait what are we doing now <laughs> which is funny because that's when his arc starts to be like i can't keep doing it the way i'm mm -hmm. doing it uh yeah. i mean they're great yeah and i and clearly audiences are still coming to this we just had a historic box office was it 58 million for 58, the for the three days the yeah the highest opening of the franchise uh, which, you know, inflation, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. The highest of the franchise. Right. The biggest opening for a the the debut of a black director's film. Is that, mm -hmm. that's how to phrase that? <laughs> it's like, yeah. there's so many, we find so many words before some of these. Yeah, yeah. Um, biggest sports, sports film sports opening. Sports opening and yeah. the biggest opening for Amazon Studios, which feels like a cheat code, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That one feels less important next to the rest, but it's like, sure, I guess. Which is a good thing because this one, this is the first film that has a slightly higher budget than the previous ones. Most of the time, they're usually around the 35, 38. Oh yeah, Dodger Stadium like, ain't cheap. Yes, seventy-five. <laughs> so this will cost. This will cost a little bit to make. Um, and they shot on IMAX cameras for some of them too. So, uh, that that is the purpose of why that that budget's so high. But they they're gonna make their money back. It's doing doing hand over fist. And what we see is because we see this a lot happen times where if the sequel before isn't well received, then the numbers dip. This keeps going up. So they're definitely. This isn't a franchise that's stopping anytime soon. Which is funny is a part of me was like, yeah, let's give Apollo, Apollo, let's give Adonis Creed a happy ending and 
and see what else we can do. I always want like a real tangible ending. And then like, I'm like, I, I don't really though. Cause I really want more. You're so good. I'm like, I keep, I don't mind coming back to this. Like, like but I, I think you nailed it when we walked out, we could, we could wait for the daughter to grow up and get yeah. the, the deaf girl boxer. That would be a story. That's, That's a, a whole story. other thing we haven't yeah. done. I'm not interested in Drago. I'm sorry. I know that's where they're leaning or that's what they want to do. I feel like a lot of what his backstory was, was handled in two perfectly that we don't really, there's nothing really else to revisit there. And it, it we are in an interesting place with Adonis because I feel like he's good. He can't keep like unhiring. Right. <laughs> right. Because like, I, I, it's sort of- I mean, Rocky's you know, done that, but like- but that's also what we were saying. Four is where we started being like, all right, like, right. what are we going to do? Kill Drago in the ring and Adonis yeah. be like, I got to get in there or like kill Dame in the next there's, one. There's or like, what so are we? There's many ways that you keep having him keep unretiring or keep giving him enough of a reason to go back to fight, especially with a daughter and a family. He's not going to be in it. But if you start telling me that, hey, my daughter is turning 18 and she wants to go professional or I go to the Olympics or whatnot, I can, that is a, something that I can sort of get behind um, and I could, wrap my head around like oh that'd be a good story and they've aged up michael b jordan throughout this time anyway so if you add you can say he's 10 years older just put an older daughter there and we're like all right cool i'll believe it sure put a gray hair in his beard and call it a day (laughs) i would also just watch another dame movie you could even be like here's what he was doing in prison he's give me a prison boxing movie and i'd be like great (laughs) yeah i don't i don't think between this and that man i don't think either of these films had anticipated that the groundswell that was happening with Jonathan Majors was happening in the way that it was. And now that this is all sort of coming together, they might be like, hey, let's let's lock him in. Let's do let's do more with Dane. Let's what else can we do? There? Yeah, there's there's way more you can do with the franchise because all you really need to do is like plucky underdog versus champion versus villain. You just have to find a character that it works for and i think the, i think where you could get the disconnect is if they are just like creed four creed has a person he's training who you haven't met and we really hope you like him because right. that's where a lot of these passing the torch things it's kind like, of go wrong yeah is they, they don't assume that you're going to like the person that we're passing the torch off and if it doesn't work then you're kind of like oh crap we didn't it's we didn't plan for that. Likely what we'll talk about a lot next week when we have Scream 6, because I mm-hmm. feel like that's a really good example of one where I'm like, man, what a great movie, but I don't know that I want these... These characters, I'm this not isn't, This isn't to. Gale and Dewey I'm not and Sydney. Right, I'm not as attached to these guys as, as I was the, the original crew. Yeah, And it's tough. It's tough to do, because you don't want to go back and just make another big meathead in Philadelphia and you don't want to go back and recreate that character, but you kind of have to dig a little deeper and be like, well, what really was it about him that we can then take and put somewhere else? Yeah. I think you see Marvel does it fairly well. Most of the time where you're like, Oh yeah, they're taking what worked from the comic or worked from Mm -hmm. the character and infusing it somewhere else. And that's what you need. I think it's why, Shows like The Last of Us are working really well, too. A lot of adaptations where they go wrong is just going, we don't care about what made this work before. We think it's a fun idea. And it's like, well, no, hold on. There was like, Wait, we guys, were doing something. That worked for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting when we get into things like the Super Mario Brothers movie later mm-hmm. this year and Dungeons and Dragons and these these adaptations that have less tangible characters of why they're popular and more off the rails a little bit easier uh, like yeah 
Like there, it's going to be interesting because like, how do you betray the character of Mario? And the answer is so easily because he's <laughs> just a, like him and Mickey Mouse are just avatars that don't talk and do much. Yeah. Luigi's main character trait is that he's scared sometimes. He's scared of everything, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you have Dungeons and Dragons, which might as well just be a like, do whatever you want here. Uh, so it's yeah. going to be very interesting to see how they they pull those off and scream six we're going to new york and now i'm getting weeks and weeks ahead of us so i think it's time <laughs> to wrap the show this has been hollywood already did its episode on creed thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week with scream six and then i think in order it is dungeons and dragons and john wick four and then april is mario i think Shazam that's the next there somewhere oh yeah <laughs> I know. I know. The, 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 the way you just responded is exactly that. I feel about that too. That's right. That's going to, huh? That's going to be really interesting mm-hmm. for a lot of so much. That's going to be way more. The conversation around that movie is going to be so much more interesting than the movie. Cause like, it feels like the last chapter it's like the lost episode of a show that was canceled. Like, oh yeah. We have this here. Throw this out. <laughs> it's like, Oh, Okay. I, I guess James Gunn's doing something. I don't know anymore. <laughs> Fine. I hope the worms in it that we teased last time, but yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, come along for all those hit subscribe, stick around. I'm at, as always, Blake Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. The show is at Hollywood ADI. Terrence has our YouTube channel with trailer reactions and show reviews and everything else under the sun that we don't have time to cover here. And we will see everybody next week, which feels great to say after like a year of being like, who knows? (laughs) Later.